Today's episode of the Red Dirt Aggie Show is presented by Heritage Pools. What's going on, Red Dirt Aggie Show listeners? It's me, Brian, the Red Dirt Aggie here. And uh, I want to tell you about an awesome company, uh, Heritage Pools. And they, uh, they can transform your whole backyard into an oasis. They can build you the swimming pool of your dreams. They can remodel your current pool. They can take care of that pesky pool service for you. Fix anything wrong with your pool. They can clean it up for you. Replaster it, remodel it. Whatever you need, they are there for you. So um, if you need anything done to your swimming pool, give them a call today at 281-896-5061 and uh, let them uh, let them talk to you about making your backyard into something special. Howdy, 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 and welcome to the Red Dirt Aggie Show. It's Thursday, and that means it's time to talk sports. I'm your host, Brian, a.k.a. the Red Dirt Aggie. And I am so happy to be back here recording an episode. Um, finally feeling better. Uh, was battling that, that sickness there for a little bit. Uh, sore throat, all that fun stuff. Cough. Um, but we are back and ready to talk Aggie basketball. That's That's what we're on today. And they're rolling again. Big win over Auburn this week uh, and a dominating victory over Georgia that happened uh, this past Saturday, uh, last weekend. And uh, both of those games were were very exciting and uh, we saw a lot of uh, great, great performances on both sides of the ball for the Aggies. And uh, we're going to break it all down for you today. We're also going to look ahead to um, the rest of the season talk about what uh what A&M needs to do to make sure that they are uh no doubt going to be in the uh March Madness tournament. At this point you would think that there would be no doubt that we're in, but you know committees uh tend to hate on A&M a little bit. So uh we're we're still sitting uh on that on that bubble for sure. And uh got to see what we got to do to make it into the tournament. But without further ado, let's uh, let's dive on in. So I know it's been a while since our uh, last episode dropped on account of me being sick, and I do apologize for that to our listeners. But our last episode, for those who don't remember, was uh, episode 26 featuring uh, my friend, uh, my good friend Joey Mungo, uh, former Reed Rowdy's president. And uh, we, uh, we broke down a couple of games that had happened before we broke down the... Uh, the victory over Vanderbilt, as well as the huge road win at Auburn that ended their big streak. Um, and then since that episode aired, um, A&M went on the road to Fayetteville and uh, lost during the middle of all that weather that was that crazy weather that was going on up there in uh, Fayetteville. School was out for A&M and Arkansas, but... Um, a&M lost uh, the game, which still occurred, on the road, 81-70. Uh, to 70. Uh, But then they uh, they came back home and had a huge, huge win against Georgia on uh, on Saturday, February 4th. They, they won 82-57, to 57, um, a huge defensive performance and just absolute dominance. Um, I mean, at halftime... It, at halftime, the Ags were up 
huge, and uh, they they never looked back, winning that game, eighty two to fifty seven. But um, what I really want to go ahead and move into is uh, looking back at our most uh, most recent game, the game that's most recent in our memory, that huge win at home against Auburn that just happened this past Tuesday. And um, I was in attendance for that game. I made the trek up to College Station. Barely made it there um, in time. Lots of traffic uh, in College Station and on the way up there. And I uh, had to park over at Olsen Field and uh, walk right on over there. But as soon as my butt hit the seat in that arena, tip-off was starting. I did not miss the uh, start of the game. And uh, it was it was a good time. Uh, Ags got the win 83-78. Uh, to 78. And there were a lot of interesting things uh, that happened in that game. Uh, one thing I noticed right from the get-go was uh, in that first half, the way, the way it was officiated was... Uh, exceptionally different than the second half, and uh, there were—I'll just say there were a lot of questionable calls. Um, really, really both ways. Um, some that benefited us, some that benefited Auburn. Um, I'm not going to come out and say it was just an awfully officiated game in one way or the other because I don't necessarily think that's what happened. I think it was just a lot of missed calls. There was a lot of contact that was just being let go in that in that uh first half and then then it started to get a little chippy um our guy got knocked on the ground and then you had some technical fouls issued that offset and then later you saw the auburn coach getting teed up as he's on the court just in the officials faces giving them an earful crowds going nuts and loved it and then you you saw as they got into the second half that the officials decided they wanted to change the way they're calling the game and in my mind, I don't understand why you wouldn't just call it one way the entire way through. I think they wanted to try to tighten up the game, maybe to get rid of some of the chippiness. But um, the second half, they called every little bit of contact was called a foul. So it was just they went from one way completely all the way to the other way. Um, I saw several missed um, possession arrows that should have been one way or the other where it would go out of bounds on one person and they would be pointing in the other direction. So SEC officiating, Greg Sankey, um, I'm calling you out, man. The uh, the SEC is notorious for having bad officiating in just about every sport, and we need some accountability there. Um, and, you know, maybe pay the officials more, um, and maybe that'll lead them to do a better job. I don't know. Just some, some type of uh, accountability needs to be there because – uh, while it didn't matter in this game, uh, there's there's going to be more issues that are going to come up where, you know, one of these mistaken calls is going to decide the fate of a game and there's no accountability for the official that where they're going to be penalized for it. And if you, you know, ruin someone's season <laughs> uh, by making an error in your judgment, in your call, in your profession, then there should be some kind of discipline, right? If If I mess up at work and my boss uh my boss would get mad at me right or you know he would at least put me into some kind of program or try, try to come up with some way for me to improve if i mess up so uh, there needs to be some kind of plan that needs to be put in place um to hold officials accountable um and then also the reason i say pay them more 
is a lot of these guys are have other jobs. They don't make a lot of money doing this. So where's the motivation, right? So pay them more, train them better, and um, hold them accountable. You have to do all three. They all work together, and that's my uh, that's my end of my rant about officiating in general in the SEC and officiating uh, especially in basketball. Now, to the game, okay? Um, it was a fun game. I'm just going to come out and say it was a fun game. Um, I was nervous. So it started off, it looked great, and it looked like we were uh, jumping out to a lead, but then all of a sudden... Auburn goes on a huge run, and they're up like 10. And I'm like, oh, no. You know, maybe this is going to be different. But then there's, I still had this sense of calm in me, knowing that, um, as Joey said, I believe he said it in uh, the last episode, and um, that a a good crowd, a good reader in a crowd, is like having plus 10 points. And we were in that 10-point range, roughly. Uh, down and sure enough uh to end the half we go on a on a nice run that was uh boosted a little bit by a technical foul issued against their coach but we took advantage of what we needed to take advantage of capitalize on what we needed to and we had a one point lead heading into the locker room at halftime and i want to say when we went on that run to end the half that uh Looking around, I was proud of the way the crowd was reacting in Reed Arena. They didn't look down or upset that we were trailing. They were on their feet, uh, willing the the team to get back into it. Even the uh, even the olds, the old ags were getting into it. They're up on their feet, yelling, and that's what we need in Reed Arena. Not we already got rowdy students. Get old ags. I'm talking to you. I'm I'm an old ag, <coughs> so I'm talking to me too. We gotta, we gotta unite. We gotta get up on our feet. Uh, remember our younger days, and especially in those pivotal moments, and and yell, make noise. It's uh, it's what we need and read. Rock, read, pack, read, get to read. The team needs you. We are the. Well, I was gonna say we are the twelfth man, because we are. But uh, in basketball, we are the sixth man. Okay. Be loud. Now that second half was back and forth, and let me tell you, it was a lot of fun. Now, right down to the wire, to the end, um, a blast. Crowd got into it. Crowd got loud. Um, defense was getting stops. There was there was one particular moment I remember in the game. Uh, well, a couple. There was a couple of huge shots. You had the one um, where we get a uh, quick stop. They throw a deep pass down to uh, Boots in the corner. He drains the three. That place absolutely erupted. It was loud. And then uh, then you get a timeout from Auburn. And then I think it was the next possession um, that, that Marble shoots a shot. And it rolls around on the rim and hangs there for a second. And then all of a sudden it drops in. And... Uh, it was dead silent while it rolled around on that rim. But when it fell in, Reed Arena erupts again. And uh, the the silence to the loud, it, it, it was remarkable. And uh, I was even able to capture some uh, some sounds from inside of Reed Arena. 
some sounds from the crowd that were uh, on point as always. Students were um, were chanting "na na na, hey hey, goodbye" uh, as uh, as one of the key players for Auburn was uh, was ejected after fouling out near the end of the game, and uh, just great environment there in Reed Arena. So now, here the Ags are uh, in a place that. Many people did not think they would be at this point in the year, particularly after losing to, uh, after we lost to Wofford at home, which is our last loss in Reed uh, this season, by the way, if you're keeping, if you're keeping track. We haven't lost since that game in Reed. Um, if you're looking back, if you're looking back to that day, uh, in, in no way would you have thought that we'd be in this position that we're in right now. But now is the time to finish, not to rest on our laurels. As they say, right? Laurels? I think that's the word. Now is not the time to rest. You have to finish strong. We got to take care of business this weekend on the road at LSU. So, the main thing is keep winning. I mean, we got to keep winning. And the first order of business is to take care of business in Baton Rouge this Saturday. And beat the hell out of LSU. And uh, come back ready to kick some piggy butt next week against Arkansas. But uh with the way the Ags are playing right now, um if they play like this the rest of the year, look out. They're dangerous and they are a force to be reckoned with. We can't talk about that win against Auburn without uh acknowledging the play of uh two particular players on the Aggies. And uh those two players are Wade Taylor and Julius Marble. Uh really really solid games from uh both of those guys. Marble turning it, dropping in uh, 20 points with seven rebounds. And uh, that's just the kind of beast that he is, a beast on the boards, uh, as well as playing some solid defense as well. But he was really efficient for the field, eight for 13 as well. Um, and that's what you like to see from, from your big, getting boards, being really efficient. Um, and, yeah, just a solid performance from him. And then Solomon Washington... Uh, he had some limited minutes. I, I think he got a little banged up uh, a couple of times, and he's been dealing with an injury already as well. But he only played about nine minutes, but he had uh, a significant number of rebounds as well. And he's been a, a great rebounder and a solid defender lately, I've noticed, since he's returned from his injuries. And then Wade Taylor. Uh, Wade Taylor uh, had a great game as well. Um, five for 16, not the best percentage from the field, but he was four for 10 from three. So 40% from three is pretty solid. And he kind of has that, that mentality where he'll, he'll keep shooting until he, uh, gets in the rhythm and gets dialed in. So he's not afraid to keep taking those shots, even if they're not falling right away. And that, that's the kind of confidence that you want from, from a guard, from the guard spot. And he certainly has that. And he also had seven assists as well. Um, as two steals. So as always, the Ags playing solid defense, uh, looking to get those steals and create offense in that way. And then, of course, uh, Boots had another solid outing, three for six with ten points. And uh, Boots, really one of the leaders on this team, he had a huge three-pointer. Uh, crowd went absolutely nuts. But uh, great crowd in Reed Arena. Um I think we were over 10,000. It was a little smaller than uh, the past couple games, but being uh, Tuesday nights 
at uh, 6 p.m. You know, it might be hard for some of the students to get over there to the game. But uh, it was still a great crowd, still very loud into it. Like I said, the old Ags were up on their feet yelling uh, along right along with the students. So it was just it was a good time all the way around. And uh, that leads me to my next topic of discussion. I uh, was prowling around the message boards on uh, TexAgs. And I see several different ideas. Uh, I'm not sure the the level of uh, legitimacy, as it did come from Texags. It could just be people, you know, saying their ideas. But um, and these are ideas that do make sense um, to some degree. But I've heard a lot of talk about redesign for Reed Arena, maybe a rebuild of Reed Arena or something. I, I definitely think updating the arena is something that we need to look into i mean you got top of the line facilities for football and baseball and softball track all these like super expensive gorgeous facilities and i know baseball just got um a grant to build you know multi-million dollar they're at they're adding on to the stadium over at olsen and i'm sure that's going to be great at olsen at blue whale park but um as well as the the new athletics facilities for the football team as well that are going in now, but back to back to Reed, they're actually wanting to make modifications, either renovate or a new stadium that's a uh, smaller, smaller seating capacity, but make it to where to where the fans are more like on top of the the action, right? So that I don't know if uh, if any of you have seen Auburn Stadium. Where it just looks like a wall of fans all the way around. There's not really, you know, an upper deck per se. It's more where everyone's all on one. Or I think I believe U of H's stadium is like that now too, where it's smaller, but that way the people are more concentrated when you have smaller crowds. And in the past, I would normally think, you know, maybe this is a good idea for Reed, but the, with the uh, the turnout we've been having this year. And, you know, the large crowds, I'm not so sure. One thing that was also discussed is perhaps moving the student section to somewhere on the side so that we can get it behind the behind the benches or to create more noise coming from the side instead of behind the basket. Uh, that's something I think would be really cool uh, to consider. I'm not sure what the rules are as far as the SEC allowing um, – fans to be behind player benches i know at kyle field that's where there's that section um that is not a student section that's on uh the side that the student section is on down on first deck there's a section that is not student section because you're not allowed to have a student section behind the opposing team's bench um so i don't know if that's the same for basketball but uh, if it's not, then I think that would be a cool idea because how intimidating would that be to have students right behind your bench? Um, but if it is, maybe they can find a way to work around it. Um, but, you know, uh, reach out to us on social media, and I'll put a poll in uh, this if you're on Spotify listening and to tell me what you think about Reed Arena. Are you, are you for... Um, remodel are you for rebuild do you think there needs to be the same capacity or less capacity uh that's what i'm interested to know your thoughts on you can uh you can reach out to us through social media and let us know what you think 
or uh, respond to the polls. Um, as always, Giga Mags, uh, look forward to seeing Aggie basketball beat the hell out of LSU on the road in Baton Rouge this weekend. Boots is going home to Baton Rouge. I hope he has a big game there. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure he'll have some of his family there or something to watch. I'm pretty sure he's from Baton Rouge. That's why he has the name Boots, being from Louisiana, um, for those of you who did not know. But, gig him. And uh, be sure to tune in next Tuesday. Um, it's Valentine's Day, first of all. So don't forget if you're in a relationship, next Tuesday is Valentine's Day. But also don't forget to listen to the Red Dirt Aggie Show. A um, a brand new episode, Texas Music Tuesday, is returning. Uh, we got an awesome interview in the other day with a uh, wonderful, wonderful uh Texas music group known as the Weathered Souls. And uh, they're awesome. They they got that southern rock sound. It's some good Texas rock and roll uh, with a little bit of a of a country flair to it too. And uh, you'll just you'll have to check them out. Um, they're they're awesome. You can check them out right now on Spotify, some of their music. Um, and uh, hashtag grow the souls. That's their hashtag they like to throw around as they're trying to build up their fan base. Just like we are here with our show. So, as always, Giga Mags, God bless. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Red Dirt Aggie Show. Hey guys, one more thing before we end today's episode. I want to um, give a huge shout out to former Red Dirt Aggie Show guest Hayden Baker, who has been uh, hard at work uh, making some, some new music for us. He's uh he's dropping a new single tonight at 11 p.m. Central Time, uh midnight Eastern. Uh, it's called Just Talking, and it'll be available uh, wherever you get your music. So be sure to give that one a listen. And uh, from listening to the preview of it and just him describe it uh to me when we hung out that day that we uh that we did the interview. Um, sounds like it's gonna be a pretty sweet song, pretty awesome song. Uh, about the that awkward talking stage of relationships. And uh, that's going to be our song of the week this week. Just Talking by Hayden Baker. Thanks and gig em. See you next time.